Welcome back to Blockchain for Beginners podcast. So I just have a few announcements before we get into this episode. One is that I have started a YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel, at first, I thought that I was just going to re-upload the podcast episodes. But I've decided that the YouTube channel is going to offer a little bit of um, different content. So I'm going to focus on getting into the tech industry, what's that like, um, learning how to code, and also marketing for NFT projects and social media marketing. Um, I really think that it'll be a nice compliment to the podcast itself because as people are interested in blockchain and NFTs and all that stuff, if they have an NFT project, then they can go over to the YouTube channel and learn about the marketing side of NFT projects. If you are interested in getting into the tech industry, if you're changing careers, then I will have content and videos there all about that. And so it's just kind of like a complimentary. So if you're interested in any of those themes, then you can click the link that is in this podcast description and head over to the YouTube channel because I will be uploading more content, at least one to two videos every single week. So, (laughs) in the last episode, we talked about what is a crypto wallet, um, different types of wallets, and I really kind of spoke about why I thought that everybody should have a hardware wallet, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today. So we're going to talk about how your crypto wallet can actually become hacked. Um, And for the sake of this uh, episode, I'm going to focus mainly on software wallets versus hardware wallets again, Um, also known as hot wallets or cold wallets, right? So a hot wallet is any wallet that is connected to the internet. So this is a wallet that lives on your devices. So if you have a MetaMask wallet, that is technically a hot wallet because you're gonna access that through your device, either on your laptop or on your phone. A cold wallet is a wallet that is not always connected to the internet. It looks kind of like a USB. You're gonna plug it into a device to make a transaction and then as soon as that transaction is done, you're going to unplug the device. So it doesn't live online and all of your private keys are stored in the cold wallet itself. So none of your private keys live online as well in a cold wallet. So everything is offline. And let's get into basically how your hot wallet, the wallet that is connected to the internet, can become hacked. I think that this is important because um, especially as a a new person coming into um, the crypto scene or uh, NFT scene or anything like that, if you are starting to invest money into crypto, which I think that the best advice I can give for that, which I don't give financial advice, but if I did, I would say only invest what you can comfortably dispose of right now, right? Um, It's such a a volatile market. We really don't have a lot of long-term, you know, information on, on, on it right now. And so what we can safely do is if we have a disposable income, then we can kind of invest in crypto with that. Don't invest anything that you need, like, 
if you have money that has to go to bills or has to go to something important, then do not invest with that money because there is there is a risk tied to to investing, right? So only invest with your disposable income. But if you are new and you start to invest or, you know, play around with NFTs, then you're going to have a balance in your wallet. And if you ha- only have a hot wallet that lives online, then there is a risk that it could get hacked into. Um, there are a number of different ways that people are doing it these days. And so one of them um, that we see is people sharing these links. So um, you might get like a an Instagram message and it'll have a link in it. And sometimes this link will ask you a question about yourself. And then if you put that information in, it will uh, hack your device, right? And so it also, people could also send you a link where it will ask you for your wallet address or it'll ask you for your private key. Do not share this. Don't even um, entertain that. Sometimes it, it's a little harder to detect. But if you're getting a message from somebody that you don't know, if the message comes across as, you know, it, it's kind of like spam-like, um, don't click the link and never put your private key or never put in that kind of private information anywhere because that just gives people access to your wallet and that's not good. So as we talked about in the first episode, do not share your private keys with anyone and always keep your seed phrase, that 12 uh, word phrase that is given to you when you create your wallet always keep that completely private. Don't share that with anyone because that seed phrase gives people access to all of the accounts that you have under that one wallet. So another way that um, you can become hacked that some people don't really think about is through the different apps that you download and through the different um, places that you visit online. So um, some of these apps, uh, when you download them that you will get a message that asks can you can they track you basically around the different places that you go and often everybody just clicks yes some of these apps are harmless right they're tracking you in order to get data and then um, they use that data to either better serve you with their apps so they will make a better interface they will um, change things around within the app itself or they use that data in order to sell you things, right? They kind of know what you're interested in, know your um, buying and spending habits, and then they kind of um, adjust accordingly so that they can get more money from you. Um, Some of these apps are made solely for the purpose of downloading spyware onto your device. And then, of course, if you visit other sites, one of the examples that was given was when people go to porn sites, then what happens is that uh, automatically a spyware gets put onto your device. And so this can happen with certain apps, this can happen with certain sites that you visit where you um, they put spyware onto your device uh, within the first click right? It's on your phone or it's on your laptop now. 
Um, and then, once it's on your device, if you were to download your wallet or set up a MetaMask account or any other kind of wallet, um, what happens is they will now be able to get your seed key. And the way that they do this is if you're, once you download your wallet or once you kind of set up your wallet account, your seed key is on the screen. So you have to look at it on the screen and write it down, right? And then you have it. But when it's displayed on the screen, that gives people a chance to to get that seed key. Um, so what happens is they put the put the spyware onto your phone, and you now have an infected device. And maybe they've added a, a key logger, and a key logger really tracks the um, keys that you're pressing on your computer screen. So they'll be able to see what your password is if you make a password because they can see your keystrokes. So now they have a software on your device, your device is infected, they've placed a key logger um, and, and they can detect what your password is to get into your one account or they can see your, your seed key because it's on your screen. Your screen could get captured and now they have your seed key. So, um, you know, because it's online, and this is why a lot of people that have large crypto accounts or they have large digital investments or anything really that is uh, needs to be secure is all kept offline. This is because right now, um, anything that's online can get hacked. There, There is a way around almost anything. We don't like to think about it in that way because we want to feel safe and we want to feel secure. And I'm not telling you this so that you can become afraid and hide everything. I think having a hot wallet or a wallet that lives online is beneficial because you can keep some collections there, you can have some social aspects, you can buy and sell and trade with that wallet itself, but I would always move anything significant from my cold wallet into, or sorry, from my hot wallet that's connected to the internet into a cold wallet, right? Anything that's really significant to me, I'm going to move that into a cold wallet that is not connected to the internet. So again, I'm not saying this for everybody to become afraid, but I'm saying just just something to be aware of because there are different ways and different methods that people infect your device, capture your screen, um, you know, put that key logger so they can see what keystrokes you're entering, and of course, there's different phishing mechanisms, which we talked about earlier, which is when people try to fish for your information, and they do that by sending you a link, and if you click on the link, um, it gives them access to your device. So I think that as we move forward, hopefully things will get more secure. I know that as we move into Web3, we, as individuals, will have more control over our own data. Um, and as we move into, you know, more decentralized databases, actually hacking into that database becomes even harder because in order to hack into the database, you don't have to hack into just one device. You have to hack into multiple devices. 
Now, there could be a way to put a bug into the code itself, and then hackers could could take advantage of the the bug that was placed into the code. Um, there's also uh, the Oracle problem, which I don't really want to get into what the Oracle problem is right now, and maybe why that could be something... But that's definitely something for a, a future episode. For now, I just wanted to kind of briefly cover just a few of those ways as to how a hot wallet can get hacked into. And so, why I suggest always having a backup cold wallet where you store a lot of your um, assets, like anything major, is because you know a hot wallet can get hacked into. So, um, I definitely do suggest that. I know one that a lot of people do suggest is Trezor. So, your seed keys on Trezor is randomly generated. It is on a tiny screen on the device. Um, and you, you basically put your coins into that Trezor wallet, which is a cold wallet, and then you unplug it. So you don't keep any information on your device. It all gets sent to that cold wallet and then it is secure. As long as you don't share your seed key that shows up on the Trezor device with anyone, it should be secure. So um, yeah, that was basically the episode. I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, I think that security is really important and sometimes I think that we ha- might have a false sense of security because we're online and we're um, you know we're talking to people every single day we're social networking we are sharing our public wallet address and sometimes we can get lulled into this very false sense of security where we think that nothing can happen and if we don't back up our hot wallets with a cold wallet and you move our um, larger assets over to our cold wallet, then we are at risk for, you know, somebody to potentially hack it. And I would hate to see that happen to anybody, um, especially at the beginning of, of someone's journey. So hopefully this helped somebody out there. Please let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to always reach out to me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on TikTok. We have a Facebook group, and of course, we have the YouTube channel now that I talked about at the beginning. So thank you so much for joining me for this latest episode of Blockchain for Beginners podcast. I hope to see you again soon, and I hope that your blockchain journey is a fun one. I hope that you are learning and enjoying the journey. I know that there is a lot to learn, but that's why we are doing this together. (laughs) So I'll see you for the next episode.